Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. <laughs> This is Desmond Johnson on the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available in your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts on Twitter. And welcome into a very special edition of the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast. I'm your host, Desmond Johnson, joined by Sports Illustrated Panthers beat writer Skylar Callahan and our brand new co-host. He may seem familiar to some Panther fans. The number the number 13 overall pick in the 2008 NFL draft, 11-year NFL, NFL veteran, 10 of those with the Carolina Panthers, the all-time Panthers rushing leader at 7,318 yards. Mr. Jonathan Stewart, our new co-host for the 2022 season. What's going on, brother? How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Thank you. Thank you for uh, that wonderful, wonderful intro. Um, it's an honor to be with you guys, man. We're going to have some fun this year um, and talking football, something that I usually don't do. <laughs> and, um, but I'm so excited to, to step into this space. It's time. I got a lot to say. So. Well, well, this is the platform for it. Uh, shout out to Believe for making it happen. Uh, as everybody knows, we're all over the place. Believe's been making moves over the past year. You can hear this on the SiriusXM app. All 32 NFL teams now have an official Believe podcast attached to them. Um, you can also find it, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, on all major podcast platforms. Uh, before we get into everything, and we got a lot to get to today, a lot of it centered around the quarterback room for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, a quick word from our sponsors over at Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contest events with first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet, Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in game betting, props, and futures. Head over to Bet Online today. Use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5050, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Um, let's just hop right into it. Today, of course, the first thing we need to get into is this Matt Corral injury. Uh, Skyler, I, I thought of you, actually, when I first heard this, because I was actually calling a high school football game Friday night and I had to watch the replay. But when I heard he got injured, my immediate thought went to P.J. Walker. Cause I, cause I've been had this, I've had this running thing about PJ Walker the past three weeks. Like I can't figure out why PJ Walker's still here, other than him having a relationship with head coach Matt Rule. There's four quarterbacks here. I couldn't figure it out. And karma, man, something I don't know. But this Liz Frank injury with Matt Corral, it looks like the minimum he could be out is six months. If he has surgery, it could be a year. And yeah. uh, it looks like PJ PJ's going to get another uh, another life here. I mean, do you think the Panthers are going to keep three? 
I don't. I, I still think they'll keep two. I mean, there, there's an outside chance maybe that they keep PJ, but I, I just don't see them wanting to to waste a roster spot. No disrespect to PJ, but you don't want to waste a roster spot at quarterback because you have you only have one guy there, right? You only have one guy taking the snaps there, where they probably could use that 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 extra spot on the D line, maybe even the offensive line. They've got a lot of tight ends that they're trying to sort through. Um, even cornerbacks, I think, is another one, which I've told you many times. They, they may have six cornerbacks, that maybe even seven, that they really like. But how many are they actually going to keep? So I think it'll still be Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield. And what I will say is there's no way that the Panthers are going to trade Sam Darnold. Like, there's just no, no way. Unless they get completely overwhelmed either financially with an offer or compensation-wise – I mean, even then, I still don't know because, like Matt Rule said, only 12 teams last year played their starter the entire season. If Baker Mayfield goes down and all you have left is P.J. Walker, you're in a world of hurt. So I think you kind of like this situation where you have two guys who are capable starters, and I I don't think they would be willing to move off of Sam just right now. What are your thoughts on this, uh, Jay Stu? Because – Matt Corral yeah. was showing a little promise there. He got a lot of run in that Patriots game. But then, of course, the one thing you can't control in preseason is something like an injury happening. And uh, we yeah, saw this. Awesome, um, I think at the end of the day, you, you know, Scott was right. Um, you got to have two capable quarterbacks. As you've seen in the past three, four years, that's been a position where we've been struggling. Um you got to have guys in there that can lead this team. And um, unfortunately, you know, with Matt Corral going down, um, you know, you definitely need to have two of the bright, bright individuals in the room. Um, so Sam Darnold, he ain't going nowhere unless, like you say, you get a pretty penny for it. Um, and, and that's value, right? At, at the end of the day, if that is kind of the game plan down the road during the season or whatever happens with injuries and roster moves and uh, the depth chart, you know, at the end of the day, starting the season off, you got to make sure that offensive line depth is potent. So um, there might be some some moves made even at that, you know, position and that depth um, as other teams are making moves um, just to make sure that, you know, that position is stacked. Um and so you definitely don't want to have three quarterbacks to where you don't get to have that, you know, that opportunity um, when it presents itself. I, I would imagine that uh, based off of that, that they still might go with the what I thought was the original plan with PJ in the first place, which is to try to stow him away on practice squad um, and hope that nobody yeah. picks him up. So that's probably still what they're hoping to do uh, with him. I right. mean, he's got – well, they're learning a new offense, but he's been here for, you know, what, two years, Skyler? And I think a guy like PJ, you know, having him sticking around for his practice squad, that's a guy that, you know, everyone knows, like, he's a, that's a locker room individual. You know what I'm saying? Someone that knows the ropes, knows the guys, know how the culture is supposed to be. Um, Because at the end of the day, he's still playing the quarterback position. He's just not, you know, suiting up. Um, And I think he's, that's, that's valuable. Um, as you can see this year, you know, there's definitely a whole different type of vibe with the team, which says that they're starting to find their swag. They're starting to find their culture. And that culture is we're trying to win some games. I'm tired of losing. 
Look, look, uh, let's let's actually stop right there for a second because we we've, we've talked about that a little bit in terms of saying that this team, this year's team, kind of had a different vibe to it as opposed to the last two years. And I know one of those okay. years was COVID, and then last year, I mean, they're still kind of learning their players, like you know, through all yeah. of this. And then Coach Rule finally clears out a lot of that coaching staff that came up through college and brought some po- uh, pro coaches in there. How important is it as a, a former player? I'm sure you had teams where you noticed the, the chemistry and the vibe was just different that season than other seasons. Like, I know you can't really put a finger on it, but how important is that to, uh, especially a young team like this Panther team? I think they're like the third youngest team in the whole league. Like, how, how important is it to build that at this time of the year? I mean, it's important, man, because you got to figure out why you're playing. Um, a lot of guys play for different reasons. Um, I can tell you the years, from my experience, the years that we had the best culture was when each person knew everyone on a personal level of some sort. Um, and I think, you know, you got you go three years back, you know, you have the pandemic, um, you have guys that don't know each other, but can't see each other, can't hang out with each other and barely talk to each other everybody on their phones anyway. So socially, <laughs> people ain't really vibing. I don't know you like that. I just see you come to work every day. You know what I'm saying? Right. And you can't really you can't really bond or find a mesh or find a reason to go and really lay down your body for, you know, your locker mate or your teammate um, unless you really get to know each other. And I think what's happened over time, um, you know, from – this off season, I've seen you know guys going out to eat together, hanging out with each other, um, you know, and, and just you know finding that vibe um, that's so important because um, at the end of the day, when you know the, the if you know your locker mate and you know their family, you know their kids, you know what grade they're in, you know that the night before they were sick and. They have COVID or, you know what I'm saying? Like you really start to say to yourself, man, I'm really about to go to practice today so I don't mess this up for my teammate because they got to eat too and they got a family to support too. Um, So that's the culture, you know, that, you know, that really resonates with me looking back in my my playing days um, as far as teams that, you know, that I've been on that really, you know, rise to the occasion and gave ourselves a shot. 2015 immediately comes to mind uh that team i mean because it just emanated off that roster on the sidelines just like watching y'all on the sidelines interact with each other well to be honest man 2014 i'll even say the 781 team yeah the, the, yeah that weird year <laughs> that we did the playoff <laughs> but like you know i just remember being we played the minnesota vikings and it was cold as the jesus out there but like everyone there knew like man we about to lose this game but next week <laughs> next week it was like a click like everybody was on the same on the same page it's like it's cold out here we ain't got no business being out here we're we gonna make sure we do what we gotta do we're gonna give ourselves an opportunity to win special teams that that game really didn't help us out man we got a bunch of block kicks we're blaming oh, that's on right that. yeah i remember um, that game <laughs> but um but but we legit walked walked on that sideline, looking at each other, grown men, cold, trying to hold huddle up, stay warm, 
and said, "Hey, next week we about to we about to take this on on a whole nother level." And from that moment on, from that moment, we went on and started winning games, got ourselves into the playoffs, lost to the Seahawks, came back the next year, and set up the next year. Right? I mean, yeah. it felt like it cared because it was like y'all won the last four games of that year, I believe. Uh, Because Rivera was like notorious for that, like he would finish on a strong note. Like you guys would win like the last five or six games of the of the year, regardless of how y'all started. And uh, you got in, won the division at seven, eight, one, which was crazy in itself. Uh, And if I'm not mistaken, then y'all played y'all played Arizona in that that wild card game, the first one. And I think I'm not sure I need to check it, but I think that the defense still holds the record for least amount of yards allowed in a playoff game in that game. like Luke and T yeah. were just all over the place. Like so, I, I remember that run, and I remember it did set up 2015, and it, and it was like that. Everyone kind of just—I don't know—it's hard to explain, but you can see it. You can see it when yeah. it's going on. Um, or later on this, uh, well, actually earlier this week, Baker Mayfield was named the starter uh, for Week One, September 11th, against his former team, the Cleveland Browns. He'll be coming to Bank of America Stadium uh, with a 1 p.m. kickoff. Not, not really surprising. I think we all knew when they traded to bring Baker in here and the scrambling they were doing to try to find any other quarterback uh, to, to play this year. Uh, I mean, they traded up for Matt Corral to begin with in the draft, uh, picked him in the third round. My understanding is they were on the phone with Cleveland while all that was going on, trying to still work a trade for Baker. For them to circle back around to bring him in anyway, I do like the fact that Matt Rule didn't just immediately name him the starter like when he came in, that he kind of you know, made him work for it. And that's the same thing they're doing with Iki Aquanu, where he they could have just labeled him the, the starting left tackle from day one, but they didn't. They made him work, and Brady Christensen made him work for that position and to the point now where they've named him starting left tackle, and you feel like they've earned it. Uh, what's the ceiling? I'm going to ask this to both of you. What's the ceiling for this year's Panther team? Because I, I've watched first take. I've watched you know all these talking head shows. When they get to the NFC South, they don't mention the Panthers at all. It's all Bucks or Saints. And am I tripping? Because Tom Brady's 45. I get it. He's Tom Brady. (laughs) I totally get it. But half is off the line is out. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I feel like he took that little 10-day vacation to really reevaluate if he wanted to do this in front of a Swiss cheese offensive line at age 45. Like, that just that's serious, like, life decisions that he probably had to go through. He's like, well, I already told him I'm coming back. So he came on back. (laughs) (laughs) The Saints, I don't understand. Like, everyone's like, oh, their defense, and they got all these pieces and blah, blah, blah. Sean Payton is gone. Like, yeah, to me, I'm like, Sean, yeah, but, I mean, but but he was getting whispered in his <laughs> ear by Sean Payton. And, like, Sean Payton is no longer there. Dennis Allen is, like, 825 or something as a head coach. I'm just kind of trying to figure out why are they ignoring the Panthers? They, they're Let winning. me tell you this. I'm a, DJ, Yo. DJ, let them – not talk about it. It's hard, man. It's that's hard. Where they, that's where we need <laughs> I, wear it on my, I wear it on my sleeve. I'm just we like, talk to, about we, we need to be under the radar anyway. <laughs> because you want to know something? You want to know something? What? What's up? The Panthers, if the Panthers end up being good, they ain't going to talk about us anyway. They don't want to talk about us. Facts. They don't want to. That's Look, just the nature of the Carolina Panthers. I still, to this day, I should have made a T-shirt out of it. I still remember them calling us the worst 14-0 and team of all time. And I'm like, how does that work? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how does that even work? Like, <laughs> what? So, like, they, just, they don't want to believe. You can't make it make sense. I've said it. Go ahead, Joseph. No, man, I think the ceiling is high. 
I, I didn't already went out there and gave my hot take on Twitter. I said we got a ten win season going on. Thank you. I picked eleven and six, and I and people thought I was nuts. I'm like, yeah. the schedule sets yeah. up for it. I think we're gonna start off. I think for the first four games of the year, you know, very cool. that's that can go either way. But if we get the right way, you know, if if if, if Baker can go in there and start getting the chemistry going with his receivers. Um, you know, and I think, you know, the new offensive coordinator utilizing them tight ends, we getting back to the to the nitty gritty, which is control the middle of the field. Um, uh, you can control the middle of the field, man. You can find yourselves really taxing the defenses that you're facing. So I'm I'm feeling pretty good about it. Scott, yeah, I think I think definitely ten wins is in the in the cards. I mean, I, I'm still on the on the side of I want to see it first. Like, I, I want to see them get through those first four games, like Jay Stu said. Like, if you get the three and one, that's that's going to be huge. You can't – I don't think you can go two and two in those first four because of the stretch of games after that. That's a brutal stretch. I mean, you've got Arizona, San Francisco, L.A., Tampa Bay. Like, that, that's murderer's row. And you've got yeah. to kind of find your way through that. So, it's all about how they start. They started off three and zero last year with Sam Darnold, a quarterback. With this defense getting another year older and a much improved offensive line and better quarterback play, I don't see why they can't get off to even a hotter start. You know, I talked to Rashard Higgins a couple of weeks ago at training camp, and he's like, everything that I see in those close games that they lost, it's just little small things. Mm -hmm. And it's all things that this team can fix to where they can start 7-0. That's his words. He thinks this team can start 7-0. But – you know, I, I don't I don't know if it's quite a playoff team yet, but I think with Baker, they're definitely in the driver's seat to at least have a chance. Yeah. With without it, I don't know. Like I think it's another six win season, but I, I think with Baker you got a chance. Hopefully for the sake of this podcast, it's not another six win season. Oh, let's not, hey, let's not ever say that again, Scott. Yeah, we're not gonna do that. We're not gonna do that <laughs> Positivity over here. Um yeah, so baby. I'm looking at the I'm looking at the schedule, week one hosting Cleveland. Week two at the Giants. Uh, week three hosting the Saints. Week four hosting the Cardinals. Week five hosting the 49ers. And then they go to Los Angeles week six. Honestly, I would be very happy if they got to week six, considering the amount of home games they've got in this first yeah. batch. I mean, four of the first five home, first games are at home. Um, and they're getting the Cardinals and the 49ers at home, too. I I don't know why. And DeAndre Hopkins is not playing. Right, DeAndre Hopkins is playing. I, I've, I'm on record with I don't really trust Kyler Murray. I'm not really sure why they paid him so early uh, when he hadn't he hadn't really done anything yet. Uh, I don't even think he's won a playoff game yet, and he he secured a very he large. Paid back. in the playoffs last year. Yeah, so I mean they're coming here, and we beat them last year with uh, with Kyler behind center. Now, granted, he didn't have Hopkins that day either. Um, no, actually, Kyler didn't play in that that Arizona oh, game. Yeah, so uh, they could they could start. The start's going to be the key. And it all really comes down to Baker. Um, I've been on record on this podcast, too, where I've said that there's elements of Baker that remind me a little bit of Jake DeLome uh, in terms of how he plays. Now, now, Stu, you can attest to this because you played with Jake DeLome. Do you see any similarities between him and Baker in terms of, like, uh, personality or the way they play? Like, the, the, the example I always give is that yeah. if you saw Baker Mayfield or Jake DeLome on the practice field, there's nothing about them physically that makes you go, wow, like, look at that. Like, with Cam, like, you could see him from across the field. Like, oh, who's that? And, like, you get up on him, like, oh, okay. But then yeah. you look at him and it's like, I, I don't get it. 
But yeah. something when game time starts, they just turn to different people. It's like some kind of I don't call it like grit or something. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it's something yeah. about them both that I've noticed. What, what are your thoughts? You know, uh, playing with Jake, man, Jake was always um, just a natural motivator, right? Like his, his, his persona was authentic. You believed everything that was coming out of his mouth. Um, and he would just challenge you, you know what I'm saying? And I think, you know, what Baker gives this offense and this huddle is guys to, to loosen up a little bit, but to also take pride in your stuff, take pride in your work. Like you coming out here to work, we ain't just going to be out here having a bad time. Like, <laughs> make this thing fun. <laughs> like, cause I, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like we get it. Like it's hard work out here, especially when you losing. Like, Right now we're we're not like no games, no regular seasons have no regular season games have been played. But last year you were a losing team. And so we need to change the culture around here, which I feel like Baker has been doing, which is hey, let's joke on the defense. Let's challenge the let's get chippy. Let's 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 be ourselves. Let's get outside of this box. A guy that didn't, you know, a guy that a lot of people might not compare that persona to, I compare that to Cam Newton, mm -hmm. right? Cam made football fun. Cam came in after a terrible year of football for me and made it fun. You feel me? <laughs> mm -hmm. So he made it fun. He got chippy. He also had a, he played with a chip on his shoulder. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what Baker's doing. Like, he's coming in. He came into the league with a the, with the chip on his shoulder. He was playing in college with a chip on his shoulder. You're darn, you're darn right that he got a chip on his shoulder now. Oh, you man. So that's, older, that, 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 that mixture right there, that's a winning mixture. I like yeah, that. I mean, to me, I also think this team needed that at quarterback. I, I mean – not every quarterback is going to be the same in terms yeah. of their swagger, their personality, and not every team needs to have a quarterback that's outspoken like Baker, Cam, and, and Jake are. But for a young team, I think, that has been struggling over the last three years, you need a voice to lead that offense, and you need a voice in that in that locker room or in the film room to yeah. actually get something going. You have to be able to play with that. Yeah. Like yeah. Sam, Sam is a great guy. I mean, yeah. I, I mean – he really, really is. For all the crap that he gets, he has handled this whole situation with total professionalism, and he is just a, a pro's pro, as Matt Rule would like to say. But yeah. at the end of the day, he hasn't got the job done. And I think part of that – I mean, I, I don't want to get into, like, whether his leadership is a problem or not, but to to not have a voice, I think – is the, and we, it does, me and him have talked about this many times. I think there's a self-confidence issue with Sam. You don't have a self-confidence issue with Baker Mayfield. He, he'll let you know. So, <laughs> and with, and, and to, what you're, to what you were saying, though, like with a young team, it's all about yeah. confidence. Exactly. Talking about when, we talk, when we say chemistry, all we're saying is we're saying confidence. You're saying, I believe in that guy. I believe that that guy is going to make the block. I believe he's going to make that throw, and I'm going to catch it. And I'm going to ball out this game because my quarterback is going to give me the ball when I'm going to, when I expect it. You know what I'm saying? And and so and 
a lot of times that confidence comes in different ways. It comes in action or it comes verbal. If we talking and we making action, we 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 saying what we going we we doing what we saying we going to do. I like that. And this is what this team needs that. Like Baker Mayfield, I like his energy. I'll say Baker Mayfield has an X factor about him, right? That's the word, now, X factor. Yeah. And so when it comes to the skill component, we just need you to dial in. That's all. And he's got so, the weapons. I mean, yep. Uh, hopefully a healthy CMC all year long. That's that's going to change a lot in terms of perception for the quarterback oh, yeah. role. Uh, and then you got two former thousand yard receivers. DJ Morris had 1,100 yards the past three years. Considering who's been throwing to him, that's an amazing feat in itself. So I mean, he's got weapons to play with with this revamped offensive line. I, I will say this too to echo what both of you guys said. And from what we said at the beginning of the show, where the, the national media don't really give us the time of day, even when we're winning every game. It feels like the years where we made a run out of nowhere, 2003, uh, 2008, we made a pretty deep run. 2005, we made a pretty deep run. Uh, 2015, when we got back to the Super Bowl, we weren't picked in the beginning of those years. We weren't picked by anybody. I don't even know if we were picked to win the division uh, by anybody in any of those years. We kind of would just stack wins, stack wins, stack wins, and eventually the media had to take notice of what we were doing reluctantly. But then what happened would be, like in 2015 especially, once they came on, they all came on. <laughs> like at the same time, they all jumped on. And it's then – Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's they one of – like that's what happened last year. Beginning of last year, we start 3-0. and I'm on here comparing Sam Darnold to Troy Aikman, which I'm still moving <laughs> down. <laughs> oh, oh, Troy, Troy had went to practice and was like, I see some elements of my game in the young Sam Darnold. He's doing his thing. Okay, now, so of course, you were, just quote, you were just quoting Troy. Yeah, know? I'm just quoting Troy, right? And as okay. soon as that happens, McCaffrey gets hurt. J.C. Horn get like the, the, the Texans trip. Like when that happened, everything just fell apart going forward for the Panthers last year. Now, I will say that uh, all those teams that made those runs, they were all kind of younger teams. They all had that dude that everybody kind of followed, you know, and usually it's the quarterback. Uh, it's even better when you got somebody on defense too that's doing it. But the Panthers the past two years haven't had that. And it was actually the one thing that I would always comment on that bothered me about Sam Darnold. He just didn't have that personality to be that kind of quarterback. And when you have a coach like Rule, who's not like a rah-rah type of coach where he's like the personality of the team, you kind of need somebody else to be that guy. So when they brought Baker in, we were like, oh, wow, this might be a really good match because they kind of needed that fire that they haven't really had since Cam left. Uh, and we saw a glimpse of it last year when they brought Cam back. I mean, the everybody was going everybody was going to work with Ooh. all giddy and stuff like, yeah, now it's I, like I, we were like four and something Cam, at the time, but that was the highlight of the year. I mean, him running out Cam, that smoke. Him being there made my job even more fun. And I, I mean, it's it's already a fun job as it is, but just his energy, even when he walks into the, the press conference room, it just like everyone's just kind of like relaxed. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's just so much different. And I think Baker's a little bit different in that way. He, he's not really the same with the media in that sense, but. Right. Um, I mean, you've got guys in that on that team like Brian Burns is is just like that. Shaq Thompson, great guys to talk to. Um, yeah. And I think those guys getting older is only going to make this team better. But I think what Scott Fitter did this offseason was he made winning moves, like go getting Baker Mayfield, getting Austin Corbett, 
getting um, Xavier Woods. Like those moves, yeah. those those moves really weren't made the last two off seasons. That yeah. tells me right now this team's ready to turn the corner. This is yeah. going to be a shorter than normal podcast uh, for Believe in Panthers. Y'all know that we usually we go about 40, 50 minutes hard, but uh, we're trying to keep them tight. So yeah. I, I want to. I want to get real quick before everybody's got to go preview. They're uh, taking on the Bills preseason week three. Uh, real quick, we'll go around the table. What's one of the main things you want to see out of this team? Because I was under the impression that they weren't going to play the starters. Rule is like most of the starters are going to play. Uh, so they're treating this like it was a four-game preseason, and this is week three. I thought they were going to treat it like it was week four. Uh, start with you, Skylar. What's, what's one of the main things you'd like to see coming out of this preseason game with the Bills, who many people are hyping to be – the preseason favorite out of the AFC to get to the Super Bowl. Situational football. I tell you what, we watched practice yesterday, and it was very uninspiring, to say the least, in terms of two-minute offense, red zone. That's the That was a big problem yesterday. We saw two snaps that got rolled back to the quarterback. I'm not going to you know, signal out which center did it, but um, it was just very <laughs> ugly. So. Who did it? It was uh, 60, Pat Elfo. So, yeah, I, I want to see them be more efficient situational football. And I think, too, defensively, everyone's going to talk about, you know, Baker and how they look offensively, but I'm not really worried about that. They'll get better as time goes on. To me, the thing with this deep, with this team is if they can stop the run, they're going to win an extra two to three games than they did last year. That was one area they could not do or that they didn't have much success in last year. If they can stop the run, especially wide zones, I, that's 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 just going to get this team much better. Now, Buffalo's not really a running, running team, so who knows, but I want to see how that starting unit looks. Feels like Josh Allen is the running back for Buffalo. It seems like it was the ones they were missing on their run last year. They didn't have a running back. Uh, Jay Stu, what what you looking at for week three here, preseason Bills-Panthers? Well, I just want everybody to come out of that thing healthy. Yes, that's no, yes, yes. <laughs> yes um, you know, just come out of that thing healthy. Um, offensively, you know, offensive line, I just want to see them, you know, you know, come, come, you know, the starters come out of that thing with, you know, a clean game, you know, no mental errors, um, you know, not giving up any sacks, um, and not even any rushes, you know what I'm saying? Just, just kind of being solid. I just, that's at the end of the day, every game going forward from here on out, when them starters are in there, I just want the offensive line to be solid. Because if you got a solid offensive line, everything else is going to, you know, pave its way. Um, so offensive line for me. And then, um, you know, seeing Icky out there again, I want to see an, another pancake block by him. Oh, uh, man, that Patriots we did. I want to see that every, you know, every week out of him. So, uh, you know, just you know, setting the tone out the offensive line is, is, is important. And then just staying healthy. I, I, well, one thing I don't want to see is Christian McCaffrey in uniform. Uh, that's the that's one thing yeah, right there. We don't, need, we don't need to see him play. No, we don't need to see him play. Uh, Just be out there in street clothes, CMC. Yeah. You good? We got you week one. Yeah. We, we ain't gonna try to risk it. I Maybe he can line up at he can line up at slot or something and just take off and get a nice little ride. <laughs> yes, I mean, I don't want, I don't want all that. Yeah, don't, yeah, yeah. We saving him for the Browns. Uh, yeah. I almost now that they've named him the starter. It's making me wonder how much Baker's gonna play. Uh, this weekend as well. Um, I'm he's curious. Quarter. He's playing how much? Uh, a quarter potentially into the second, but not much. 
Okay, and, uh, so they'll run with the ones, and then I, I assume Darnold will come in and run with the the second uh, string, and then I guess we'll see some PJ Walker to finish off the the yeah. game. Um, I'm interested in Shai Smith. Um, he is really he had a uh, eventful offseason and uh, was drafted last year, uh, but never really got on the field for anything. And he's one of those names that just keeps popping up every week. We do this in the preseason. His name keeps popping up on making plays like, you know, in these practices or, or whatnot. And he's making it hard for him to get cut. Uh, they need they've got more. They got Anderson. Uh, they brought in Higgins. And then and Terrence Marshall, who's who's been a preseason darling the past two years and running now, although he's been hurt, if I'm not mistaken, right, Skyler? Uh, Terrence Marshall's been hurt for a, a little while now, so he hasn't really played. It's opened up a door for Shai Smith to kind of show off what he can do. Uh, this team needs someone special teams-wise, return-wise, and they also need a, a fourth or fifth receiver. So I think they are going to keep probably, I don't know, five or six wide receivers. Uh, and one of those is going to probably get hurt during the year or nicked up. So you need a, you need depth. And Smith seems like he's trying to be in that group. I'd be interested to see what he does because I think he's going to get a lot of playing time uh, in this this game three as they try to make decisions on who to cut uh, Real- after this game. So. Real quick, I just want to throw this in here while we're on here. Um, I just got a text that Corral is done for the season. Yep. yep. So we expected that, um, but don't know if, if it's going to be surgical. I would assume it would be. Yeah, if it's surgical from what I read, the average time back is like 12 months or something like that. Uh, Panther fans, if the injury sounds familiar, it's the same injury that Cam Newton had uh, 2018 in preseason uh, against the Patriots, matter of fact. Um Hurt his foot in that preseason game. Just wasn't right the whole year. Uh, started all that from that point on. Um, shout out to Matt Corral. Seems like a good kid. I feel like uh, he was getting closer to Baker, actually. Seems like they were hanging out more the past like week or two in and out of practice, kind of picking up uh, some stuff from Baker, which I loved. Uh, Matt Corral, potentially future with the Panthers. Uh, he wasn't going to really play this year anyway, and I think that was the plan. But still, you got to hate it that uh, that, that happened to him. And hopefully he'll have a uh, you know a healthy recovery, and we'll see him uh, next year. Bills Panthers this weekend, week three, and then we get a two week reprieve uh, from playing, and then the season's going to start September the 11th, Sunday 1 p.m. Panthers hosting the Cleveland Browns. Uh, that's going to be an insane atmosphere. I would imagine Baker's going to come out. He said all the right things, but he's going to come out with a little hate in his heart, probably. I mean, when <laughs> when, a, when, a, when a team just kind of disposes you for something else. You're going to keep that with you probably. Like, it's just natural. You're human. So I figure he's going to come out fired up. I'm hoping the team is fired up because of it for him. And for me, that'll be a gauge for what to look for in this season. The, the beginning of the year, like you guys said, the first five or six weeks kind of open up a path for this Panther team to, to make some noise. It's year three for Matt Rule. And everyone always says year three is the year that his teams make the turnaround or they make the flip. The ingredients are there. So we'll see. We'll see what they can do here. Um We'll be back next week. Once again, brand new co-host Jonathan Stewart with us for the 2022 season. We're going we're gonna to ball out this year, have a lot of fun. Uh, for Skylar Callahan from Sports Illustrated, for Jonathan Stewart, I'm Desmond Johnson. You've been listening and watching the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Find us on all major podcast platforms and keep pounding. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.